fuck, dude? It's been a minute. Hi. Yeah. Well, it's been a minute for our audience. It hasn't been a minute for us. <laughs> I, I had food with you on Friday. Like, I'm, I'm fine. I, I had my cap time, but I guess everybody else might want some. Yeah, it's true. You guys have been missing out on the podcast for uh, for a while now. A lot has happened since, because we recorded an episode while we were there at TI, mm-hmm. and that is the last thing. So November or October 28th, so it's almost been a full month. It, hold on, we posted that October 28th? Yeah. Oh, shit. Because, okay, so there was, there was a week of TI, and then yeah. there was a week of vacation yeah. that we shared and can talk yeah. about, and then there was... I took a second vacation, which there was Joey's I second vacation. Saw that someone someone decided to just call out on Reddit, uh, which is fun. And, <laughs> and then and then last I like week I, I called it second vacation, even though I I I know that your situation, the, our first vacation was probably way less stressful than your second vacation. <laughs> the second one I imagine wasn't really a vacation, but I like just saying you went on a second vacation to make you look like a piece of shit. Dude, I mean, I am a piece of shit. There, there's. <laughs> And then there was like a week of like I got back and then it was the middle of the week and there's a lot of work and now now we're here and that's the important thing. So I just yeah. want to chalk that up to a good post TI. Like like we were in our um what, what do they call that after po- post coitus? We were in like refractory from TI. And now <laughs> the refractory period. <laughs> Maybe people want like people are going to be like, "Joey, are you really going to talk about like the TI finals?" And the answer is probably a little bit cuz it's been a minute. But there's so yeah, much we- other stuff to talk about. Guys, you wanted a podcast and we couldn't even do a podcast, even if we tried because that refractory period, you know, if we started talking, it just wouldn't work. Yeah, there was no pillow talk to be had. We were just knocked out. I liked having a little bit of a break. Sorry uh, if 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 that was sad to anybody. I know people in Discord were, you know, having some fun, but, um, you know, hey, we're here. And, you know, first things first, I have something really important to ask. Um, yeah. Do I do I sound different to you? Or more specifically, do you sound different? Better? Uh, sure. Sure. Okay. Um, you know, let me know. <laughs> let me know in the podcast. Did you get a new notes. microphone? So I did get a new microphone. I can see it. And I'm testing it out. I'm testing it out. It's actually gold on this side. This is the microphone wow. that, that PewDiePie uses. And what what is it exactly? Give me the give me the hit it. It is a uh AKG C414XL2. Um and I got this microphone because there was a pricing error on their site for Black Friday. Oh. It's like it's like a $1200 microphone. Yes. That, that I got with a pair of headphones for three hundred dollars. What and, the f- and then Why did you hit me up on that? I would have bought that. <laughs> You know what? Honestly, that was a mistake, and I'm sorry. They fixed it within an hour. Um, I am. And how did you find out about this? Uh, a, a friend said, "Hey, I think I found a pricing error." And then I looked at, it and I'm like, "I think that is a pricing error." Holy shit! That's mega value. Yeah, and then get this: even more value. They refunded the purchase on my credit card, but still sent the thing out. But I never got shipping email, so like, I don't know what happened on their end. But I think. I got it for free and I'm, and I'm trying to figure, so 
I'm trying to figure out if it's worth keeping it for any reason because it is free or if I should just do the smart thing and sell it and just, you know, make make some money. Because uh, I, I think mm-hmm. I think that I truly probably don't sound that much different than I do with my other expensive microphone that was also free. But like, I, I don't know if there's that much of a difference that constitutes like keeping this. Because what am I going to use this for? Like, I guess we do a podcast. That's a good reason. But just like office calls? <laughs> probably not. Yeah, I mean, you work in production. I'm sure a nice microphone will be useful to you eventually outside of this podcast. That's true. Um, I have I haven't made a decision yet. We can uh, I'll talk to people in Discord about it. I want to know if people can actually. I'm going to play with the audio for this one. I want to know if people think that I sound better because if they do, mm. I'm inclined to keep it, and if they don't, I'm inclined to be like eh, I can probably make like seven hundred dollars. Um, so we'll see. Uh, nothing gets me more excited than a good deal, Austin. So you know, <laughs> really? I I know I know you're big about that. Yeah, uh, I mean the, the now that I'm actually like paying attention, this could just be entirely in my head but i do feel like you sound better it's just, uh, and it, i imagine mm. the same effect will happen on the audience whether or not they actually notice or not they'll feel like they you do sound better so we'll see we'll see i mean we'll see i um, have a hard time with those things unless i do a direct sound test i was i was doing I do that yesterday i was doing that last night um yeah. and not to bore everybody but i was like oh, this is pretty close they, they are slightly different microphones one a condenser one's not a condenser but yada 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 um T.I. Grand Finals happened. And you know what? Um, we, you know what? You know what? Actually, I don't think we ever got to talk about. We never spend time during the last episode because we we're talking about T.I. About the fact that we did what I am going to call a mildly successful production at the Yay. International. Go, yeah, do some backpats. You know, really, really let that yawn out because I think that's. I'm very excited about this. You can tell. Uh, yeah, Monster Morning Show went, I think, better than either of us expected. We, I think there was a fair amount of positive feedback. I really didn't see any negative feedback. Uh, the viewership seemed uh, very high. Like, we got a high viewership while being on the front page of Twitch, but we also seemed to keep that viewership. Mm-hmm. So, yeah seems like we put on a pretty good show i think that you're good at your job and i faked a lot of it <laughs> well um, i mean i i would thank you for that but uh you did produce the show and be in the show so you probably had you were the biggest factor in yeah. that show's success we, we we had a lot of other people there, there was a lot of people who said nice things about it which honestly made me feel warm in a way i haven't felt warm in a while especially um i know that some of the some of the side pull fans on discord were like you know just we we saw you in chat we saw you talking about it after the show and just like thank you that that made my ego and self-confidence feel good um i think that you know yeah, a lot we needed of- you guys there because you know <laughs> there's a bunch of random showing up from the front page of twitch Mm-hmm. What is this? What, what are they talking about? I, I expected just like a you know like a like a silly thing that we can probably get paid for and then get swapped under the rug. But like uh, I, I think Monster was happy. There was like a Reddit thread. I think I mean I had fun doing it. Yeah, I we think were supposed to be scamming good. Monster out of some money, and it turns out they liked it. Oh, Shh, shit, Mike, don't listen to us. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, dude, that 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 really was crazy. Some of my some of my favorite parts about that were. Um, not all the episodes were live for, you know, 
reasons mostly revolving around like your schedule fairly, other people's I, schedule i think that was fairly obvious to anybody who watched it i don't the two episodes that we pre-recorded i think there was <laughs> numerous jokes about it being definitely recorded and my recorded and my favorite part was watching the people who were like half paying attention learn midway through or at some point of the episode that it wasn't actually live and it, yeah it felt like we were doing a twitch no-no like you're really not supposed to do that on twitch especially when you have front page wait a minute Are all my chat interactions not actually being utilized right now can they not respond to what i'm saying man no um we we had some fun guests on i was um i was super excited uh that that the Arteezy stuff went well. People seem to like that. Yes, I was super. That is ex- the biggest comment that I got was the uh, Arteezy interview was very good. So <laughs> good. There was there was a moment in the middle of the interview where you tossed over to me and I was just completely unprepared <laughs> because you were out of questions <laughs> yes. and I was also I like I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> I was like kinda- I need a, I need a little time to think of another question because. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, not to say that we're, uh, we were totally unprepared, but we were probably a little unprepared for that interview. It was right at the start of the morning, and uh, we had been recording a bunch of other stuff, and mm-hmm. I was doing TI and stuff like that, so. Yeah. It was, uh, it was and also, I like interviews to be a little bit more on the fly. I feel like that when it, whenever I've done interviews... Uh, I always feel like it works out better when I don't have a bunch of pre-written questions. Because mm-hmm. then you, you obsess over your questions too much. It's true. you got to be going able to flow. The, the flow of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, Loda didn't give us COVID, which was great. Actually, you know what? <laughs> Big picture. Let's zoom out for a second. We went uh-huh. to TI in a region that... Ele- like, when I was going to TI, I got, like, a notification, like, the day of that, like, there was, like, a new variant in Singapore and, like, people are getting sick there. And I'm just looking like, well, this is going to be a shit show. And, you know, shout outs to Snake King or anybody else who, like, got sick, right? But, like, we didn't mm. get sick at TI. And that... Big win, my book. Big win. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially since we on vacation immediately afterwards. Uh, I've been telling everybody there was a point in that tournament that I just no longer cared about the tournament. I was just like, I was all all in on just not getting COVID and being able to go on vacation. Because I, I, I have, have you done a vacation like that before? Have you done tropical vacations? I, I've been to Hawaii. So kind of, okay. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've never done that. That was the first time for me. So, so that, that's exciting. I did not want to get that fucked up. Dude, so at the TI after party, I think there was, there was probably like what? Oh my God. 400 people there maybe? There was far too many people in far too small of a space. I would not be surprised if we were pushing the limit there on the occupancy, occupancy, uh, rules. So how many people at the after party, not to call anybody out, cause I guess I'm calling everybody out, were wearing masks? Pretty much nobody. I was wearing a mask. Ellie was wearing a mask. I wore a mask. You were wearing a mask. And then uh, there was a couple other people, but yeah, all three some... of us are looking at each other like, fuck, we have to be here. We want to be here. We cannot get sick. We're getting on a plane tomorrow to go to Bali. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, I didn't stick around for super long. I mean, Slacks did his typical show up for like half an hour in the ditch. 
Uh, I stayed for probably about an hour, hour and a half, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I didn't. I did not stay there for long, and I also got there pretty early. So I got there when there was a. F- I, I got there when it was pretty much opening, so there was far less people. By the time I left, I was very uncomfortable <laughs> with being in that room. We were on like the seventy fifth floor of a building which yeah. was really cool because there was a thunderstorm going on um and there's like karaoke and food and it was, it was it was a pretty good party um got to you know spy on who was talking to who and be like "Ooh, look at all this drama um mm-hmm. but you know i was just like man i cannot get sick i cannot get sick i cannot get sick and luckily no one did no one got sick as far as i know so you know good times yeah it's also and, and also apparently there was uh you told me that hand and foot <laughs> disease or whatever is going out of control in Singapore too, or Bali rather. In Indonesia. So to any of our Indonesian audience, which I know there's a non-zero amount of, um, we we come from Singapore to Bali uh, for a trip. There was like ten of us who were hanging out. Uh, had had a great time. We had like a like a little Airbnb situation, and upon leaving bali to go to i went to australia you went back to singapore um Mm -hmm. apparently they didn't tell you about this but australia is really strict about letting other um like biological things through both australia and new zealand and they told me as soon as i got on the plane uh to sydney hey everybody there's an outbreak of hand foot and mouth disease in indonesia and i'm like why am I finding out about this now? <laughs> we were there for five, yeah. four or five days. Why am I just now finding out about <laughs> this contagious disease? And Australia's like, you have to take all your shoes out. You have to clean them. You cannot bring anything with dirt into the country. You cannot bring like any food into the country, no drink into the country. Like it was super strict. And when we got off the plane, we had to like walk through big sanitization areas and like scrub our feet uh, to make sure that like we weren't bringing in any like like footborne ickiness. Uh, so that was scary. No one got sick from that either. So everything was fine. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> I hope everybody who's in Indonesia has clean hand, feet, and or mouths. Yeah, I, I didn't honestly didn't even know what that disease was. I had to look it up after you told me about it. But I got yeah, it once I, as a kid. I had no idea until Joey came over uh, a couple days ago and was like, yeah, we had to do that when we went to Australia. Which is, what? <laughs> the, the Singapore, nor the Singapore, nor did the U.S. say anything about that to me. They don't care. So Australia just, cares. Yeah. New Zealand cares Ignorance a lot. Plus, I guess. Yeah. Um, Bali, Bali was fun. We went, uh, we went whitewater rafting together. We, uh, we hung out mm-hmm. at in, in, in a fancy pool and got served a lot of uh, Bali food and and drinks. And yeah. I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, well, we basically uh, for those of you guys who uh, didn't see any of our post on social media or anything we rented out a, a villa as a group and uh there was like staff there and uh chefs and stuff and they make food for us and there was a great big pool well there was actually technically three pools so nobody used the upstairs pool <laughs> that was, there like, was like your this private little, pool. like yeah there was like there's a little private like hot tub sized pool between two different rooms upstairs uh, pool there was an upstairs glass bottom pool yes Nobody used that though because it was so cold. The the downstairs pools were just cooler. But yeah, we just pretty much hung out in the pool and 
looked at the ocean and it was well, that was my that was my kind of vacation for me it was like i did the white water river rafting all right that's that's cool but otherwise i didn't do shit i did that one activity and then i just chilled out the full five days it was great that was the first time that i've taken a vacation even close to that that was a lot of just chilling and i see merit in it now i i see Mm. value in doing nothing i definitely felt uncomfortable with the amount of like people who were there at the location that were like serving us i kind of was (laughs) i kind of was uncomfortable with like the pampering that was going on because they they, like we can like call and just have like massages show up and this this is like this is this is too much. i I like that part that the massages (laughs) part was great (laughs) we we learned that you could just call and get massages for like 20 bucks and uh so then we just did that every day (laughs) uh they made drinks for us like nonstop. it was it was it was pretty truly lovely um I wasn't there for the final night because our flights to Sydney were um, a red eyes the day before we were checking out of Bali. Um, but I heard that it's a good thing that I missed the final night because apparently you got like attacked by water bugs. And oh, I haven't yeah. quite asked you about this. We got a bunch of like uh, water beetles. So there was, uh, I don't know exactly what happened, but the weather was was kind of turning as we were there. The first day we got there, it was beautiful, bright and sunny and, and uh, hot. And then as time went on, we would get morning, it would be hot and sunny. And then afternoon, we, we would get storms. We would get thunderstorms. And the, the thunderstorm, uh, the... I guess the night before was probably the biggest one, I, I, but I don't know exactly what the change was, but for whatever reason, our, our villa, which was, it's basically all kind of outdoors except for the rooms itself. Yeah. The rooms um, are the only things that were inside, like, like all the living space, all the dining space, basically everything is just open air. Yeah. It's all, it's all open air. So it, something like that, you can't actually stop it. So yeah, just a bunch of like, uh, these, these water bugs, they just invaded the entire fucking villa. It was pretty crazy. We talked to them. Apparently this happens like once a year happens pretty rare. Uh, so yeah, we just, we just happened to be there on the night that it happened. It was, uh, it was pretty interesting. Uh, we ended up going into that, that, you know, that little living room where we did one of the massages, we had dinner there. To, to kind of get away from all the bugs because there was actually two different kind of bugs there was also something else that was that was uh conglomerating on the ground somewhere uh Gross. that wasn't the water be- be- yeah, bugs but yeah that was uh that was an interesting one they were drawn to the light and so of course they they, they all just invaded the, the living room and and everything else uh we had to go to our rooms and like close out all the the shades and turn off the lights and stuff when uh, when you were dealing with that, I was dealing with what was probably the worst cab ride of my entire life. Um, because we were so far... We weren't, like, crazy far out, but we were, like, pretty far out from, like, the city city, right? And uh-huh. um, because of Friday night traffic and the fact Ooh. that there's, like, all the roads are one way, there's a bunch of scooters, uh, there's there's not, like, yeah. really What time did you guys like, leave? Oh god, I don't know. I think we left at like five o'clock, maybe. Yeah, like so it was just in time for some real crazy rush hour traffic. It took it took me three hours. 
in the back of a in the back of a small car with three people and packed luggage while uh, to get to the airport with the windows down smelling like two stroke engines the entire time so Ugh. and i was like a little drunk because i was drinking before we left day drinking yeah uh, the entire time yeah. yeah yeah and then the um the guy was listening to a radio station that was like hardcore music but sped up hardcore music so it was it was like 200 bpm the entire three hours and it felt like i was in a fever dream I have never wanted to be somewhere less ever. I eventually it came around. I started enjoying it, but it was it was rough. They were they were playing samples of the music, but because everything was so sped up in the mix, everything sounded like Alvin and the Chipmunks. Like everything was high pitched. So there was like Evanescence coming on. It would be like, "Wake me up, wake me up, it's okay, wake up." I'm, and I'm I'm just going fucking crazy <laughs> in this car, Austin. Um, and then we get to the airport. And I'm like, oh, thank God, this is great. There's a huge line to get on the flight. It's fine. We're there super early. I get to the counter, and the guy takes my passport for my boarding pass, and he's like, where's your visa to Australia? (laughs) And I'm like, what? What? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You need need a visa to go to Australia? Sir, I don't know if you see my American passport, but doesn't that mean I just get to go everywhere whenever I want for, like, whatever reason? Like, I don't... no No one told me I needed to get a visa. Um... And this guy did not speak um, much English, so someone else came over and had to talk to our party and be like, oh yeah, you just like download the app and then you just apply and it'll take like 20 minutes and whatever. Um, so we go to we go to do all that, uh, get through, get to the terminal, have what I think was like some bad food in the airport, because as mm. I am waiting to get on the airplane, um, warning, this is a poop story, uh, I, I want to, to die again for a different reason because my insides are are melting and I'm not quite sure why I feel so bad. It feels like I'm getting really sick and I just like can't move, can't talk like just want to like stay in a singular spot and not move a muscle which is not a thing that you generally want to do in an airport because I don't, I don't know, this is not, an airport's not a comfy spot for that, right? No. Um, so th- this peaks for me uh, a little bit before boarding starts on the plane. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Like, whatever. It's going to be messy. That's fine. You know, just get it all out of me. I'll feel better. I get back. Wait, wait, which direction? Uh, bottom. Bottom, not top. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 get, I, get, uh, I get back. Plane starts boarding. And I realize as soon as the plane starts boarding, oh, no, I'm going to vomit everywhere. So <laughs> I give my bags to my friends who are with me. And I'm like please text me at the last possible moment for me to get on this plane (laughs) because the bathroom's right by there like i need 30 seconds i just give me as much time as possible and i go to the bathroom and i am like i i I, (laughs) almost like i I, so i have this fear that um Uh i'm going to take the large handicap accessible bathroom from someone who actually needs it uh this has never really been a problem for me, but I think about this all the time because generally when given the option, I like, I like the room. I like the space, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Most people do. Yeah. Most people do. Right. In my head, I always just, uh, you know, it's like, well, if I come out there and somebody is handicapped waiting, I'll just say, ah, oh, sorry, the other stalls. 
the other stalls were full when I got here. You have a contingency plan. So <laughs> yeah. I I have the opposite of that problem happen where mm-hmm. someone rolls out of the bathroom in a wheelchair and then I immediately go back in because in, in, in a lot of European countries, their handicapped bathrooms are like really nice. They have like private sinks and more room. Like it's generally really great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I am just pacing fucking circles around this stall trying to get myself to throw up so I can get on this plane. I'm like, I'm going to force myself to vomit. And I can't. Oh, no. That's the worst feeling. Uh-huh. So I, I get, like, the message. I have to go board the plane. I go to board the plane. Uh, I put my bag up. I'm still not feeling that great. I go back to the flight attendant in the, in the rear of the plane when everyone's still boarding. I'm like, hey, can I have a sick bag? Like, I'm really anxious about the flight, which was a lie. I felt like I wanted to die. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't want I didn't want to send the, send the alarm bell. So I'm just like, hey, uh-huh. I'm just really, I'm just, I don't like flying very much. Can I, can I have a sick bag? And the dude looks at me and he's like, can you take this flight, sir? And I'm like, yep, yep, totally can take the flight. Yeah, totally fine, yeah, totally mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> I go... And sit back down in my seat. Um, it is it is the left side of the middle row of three. And then I look to my left to the to the seat of rows that are by the window. And immediately, two feet to my left, there's a dude with a sick fag who's throwing up. And I'm like, oh, oh my no. god. Um, so I'm like, maybe this is my chance. Maybe he can help me vomit because I'm like listening to him retch mm. right now. Um, okay. And I still couldn't do anything. I eventually uh, destroy the bathroom again, go to sleep, sleep the entire way to Sydney, wake up in Sydney feeling fine. Um, but, you know, it c- c- could have been worse. Maybe I think I that guy had the same food as you? Maybe. Or maybe I shouldn't have been day drinking before the flight. I don't know. Bunch of things. I make it to Australia safe. Um, you're right. I won't, I won't go do crazy and do it. But the second part of my vacation, the Australian part of the vacation, was with my family. Um and it was their Family first time vacations. it was their first time ever being out of the country and they and you know australia sydney very easy place to to visit sure. from someone who has you know done some traveling and you know been in some places that are unfamiliar sydney it's probably up there with london if you're like discounting canada as like most places like los angeles <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um really high up there on the list and um it was it was there was some tension there was some tension i played a lot of like peacekeeper with with family to try and make sure everything was like you know nice and no one tried to go home early and leave which only happened what was once. the biggest culture shock they experienced as mild as it is from america to australia um f- for my dad it's food even with things being like relatively similar and like food being like commonwealthy food just not being able to like get into that same routine of of Mm. like having comfort options because even like you know you go to five guys which is six there then like you know suddenly they put onions on your burger when you don't want it and then you throw a tantrum it's like a thing um (laughs) anywho um just hoping he's not behind the door listening um so you're you're not planning on another uh family vacation to a more exotic place anytime soon i don't, okay so i think that i can maybe do london and even that will probably make me really second i'll, I'll probably second guess that based on the experience of of australia and new zealand but uh-huh. uh it, it's it's like a mix right because like i want to have these experiences with my parents and my sister while they're like well especially my parents like while they're still spry enough to be able to theoretically get on a plane for that long and go walk around and travel and explore but yeah. they're not really 
built for it like I am in the sense that I like enjoy and I like the novelty of it. I think that it just makes them anxious, uh, even if they do enjoy it at some level. And trying to, I'm like having a therapy session now, trying to, you know, square that circle of um, maybe, maybe I should just enjoy time with them here where it's comfortable and things are nice and not try and, you know, go see the world because maybe I'm more interested in that than they are. Um, sure. But my yeah. mom, uh, my mom came and visited me in Germany uh for i think it was the second so i went there in the beginning of december i spent that christmas alone so maybe it was the next christmas or maybe it was the year after that i think i went went home for the next christmas and then the year after that my mom came and uh visited uh, us in 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 germany and uh she took a business class flight so she was like, yeah, I'll, ne- I'll never travel that long without a business class flight. Because my mom was, uh, I think she's a little bit down to travel, but nothing quite like that. She's much more used to like driving around, uh, you know, road trips and that sort yeah. of thing. I, I, I think a road trip is like a great compromise option. There's still, so, I mean, America's so big. You can go do and see so much and like experience different things. But I, th- I think yeah. that Australia, while fun, was was a little bit anxious and a little bit much. Um I was a huge fan and I actually really want to go back to New Zealand. I spent like four days in, in Auckland and I desperately want to go back. That is, uh, I remember uh, when we were in Singapore walking around with some people, you you kind of made a call out that Singapore might be one of the few cities that you could actually potentially like live in for a little bit of time. Yeah, yeah. I felt similarly about singapore like that i was like oh maybe i can like do like two four six months here like i think that it's you know i I could probably make that work it'd be really cool and Mm -hmm. then um when i was in new zealand i thought that even stronger and even for the last like week i've been thinking to myself how do i figure out how to do like a six month stint in in new zealand because dude (laughs) fucking it's beautiful like everything Everything there is yeah. beautiful. Everything's beautiful. The people are nice. The food is good enough. It has like a very similar um, like car culture. It feels like to what I'm used to here in the sense that you know you can do some road tripping. It's long like California. The 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 weather seemed great. Like I I feel like it has so much going for it that I just want to explore more. I drove so much on the left hand side of the road and had zero issues. Um, go me. But I I, I want to find a way to get back to to New Zealand. If anybody is listening from New Zealand, tell me how to how to get there and spend a lot of time there. <laughs> I want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> what what are your options for moving to somewhere like New Zealand? Get a green I don't, card. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, finding a finding a, a Kiwi woman uh, who mm. who wants. To, who wants Hopefully, to... she's listening to the podcast right now. Yeah, if that's the case, then just I are mean, you from New Zealand, hey. single, interested in Joey. I got I got Call like at now. least three qualities that are not bad. <laughs> call now <laughs> slide into my dms this is you can, you can do that on a podcast right just an open dating call um <laughs> I, I thought new zealand was super cool and should like genuinely be on basically everybody's travel list um mm. high high recommend sydney was cool too. i've only heard good things but i don't think we're going there for a dota tournament anytime soon so. that's that's the thing like i only went because it made sense to on my flight path back home like i kind of went out of the way and like made it a point to because i always wanted to go 
And yeah. in the future, I'm going to figure out just how to do more of that. Like I, I'm, I want to go to New Zealand. That's that's my takeaway. All right. Maybe next time I'm in Southeast Asia, consider a little hop over. How long was the flight from Southeast Asia to New Zealand? Uh, so it was six hours from Bali to Sydney and then three hours from Sydney to New Zealand. So not an exact science, but like probably eight to ten hours, depending on where you're at. Um, mm. And then back home, it was ten and a half. I think 11, 11-ish. And there's a lot of direct flights from from there to LAX too. So it, it, it's not a bad place to, uh, you know, stop over and then get a direct flight back home for you. All right. They got four different entrepreneur uh, visas. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what kind of work. Can I classify podcast host as entrepreneur? We have a Patreon. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I'm exploring the work. Do not have job offer uh, from the U.S. Let's see. Oh, there's nine different options there. Wow. Look at that. I mean, if Gabe Newell can do it, he can just go live there for a little while during COVID, right? Surely okay, well, I can. That, I mean, millionaires have a different set of rules to everybody else in the world. They can go wherever the fuck they want because every country's just like, yes, please, we'll take your money. Just put down $100,000 and we'll instantly give you a visa, you know? For however long that kind of shit. That's yeah. true. Um, maybe I'll convince Liquid to just open a New Zealand office. New Zealand I, branch. There, there's I like mean, they not... have an LA office. It doesn't get much more expensive than that. So <laughs> there's not a lot of options for for esports in New Zealand, which is, which is sad. But I'm 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 going to go back potentially for an extended period of time, probably in the next three years. That's that's what I have mm. figured out. Uh, during my post TI vacation. That and I might never travel with my parents again. Anywho <laughs> Wanna talk about TI? Oh where do you we, wanna make so, that transition? I so, mean we were in the break time, so we already knew Liquid was top four. Mm-hmm. So now we know they got third. And you did a beautiful podcast with Blitz that really just kind of went basically yeah. game by game for the entire run so i i, I don't want to be too redundant on that because he will regale the story better and also everybody should just go listen to that um so, mm-hmm. so that, that that that's a strong recommend if you want to if you want some some cap blitz and or liquid action for ti um you were pretty happy though third place <sighs> obviously yes yeah obviously yes obviously obviously yes i think um am i stupid for still not thinking tundra's that good (laughs) (laughs) uh what did i say i didn't think they had the clutch factor well i guess you don't need to clutch it when you're just that much better than everybody else jesus it really seems like i I don't know ay stock is through the roof for me uh Mm -hmm. after that um Obviously, everybody on on Tundra stock is like incredibly high. Um, Soxa is probably one of the bigger names out of that because now he's he's been in the grand finals twice. This time he won mm-hmm. uh, nine. I think is uh, incredibly value. I still think um, I, I'd be interested to see what thirty three looks like as an offlaner. Obviously, he was uh, incredibly top tier for this tournament. I do wonder what he looks like in in future meadows. Um, because it did feel like his his pool. I mean, 
as Artizi put it, their off lane was just OP, right? Soxa and, and uh, 33. Mm-hmm. So they were just super good. But uh, especially after reading AUI's blog and everything, and, and also knowing like AUI's tendency to like know all the little nitty gritty details, like the stuff that he, like I've heard him just like randomly talk about of just like, oh, like you didn't know that mechanic was a thing. Uh, and now imagine he's freely sharing that. Now imagine what what shit he knows that's like top secret, you know, for his team only. Uh, and that's that, that was my understanding of that team in general. I, I had a term for him, dirty and nerdy. Mm-hmm. You know, they they just like they don't have um, they they take every advantage that they have and like they they just know Dota better than uh, better than anybody else. So. Yeah, they they swept that finals. I do kind of wonder if um, I don't know something about the the break time and everything. I think it really uh, it really hurt the finals specifically because I think no matter who ended up in the finals, I mean this is maybe more of a, a last chance qualifier sort of thing. But no matter who ended up in the finals, I think Tundra was gonna gonna win that because I mean <laughs> they three out secret. The uh, liquid, I don't think would have done much better. From my understanding, they were just exhausted by the the end of it. So uh, yeah. they would have. I needed, think maybe though, yeah. really only hope was Aster, just because they were the only team who didn't have to go through that last chance qualifier. So yeah, I maybe call it copium. I I think that liquid would have taken a game off Tundra, at least. <laughs> yeah, a game. Yeah, I think yeah. liquid would have taken a game off Tundra. I actually. Um, I'm going to admit this. I did not watch the finals. Oh, really? After uh, I know a lot of people who don't watch the finals. Uh, Obviously, from a player perspective, nobody likes watching the finals. If you ever had aspirations of being uh, a player, finals hurts the most because it's, you know, that is where you want to be. You're watching other people accomplish a dream that you Mm -hmm. you had. Uh, I personally don't like watching finals either because, uh, like, I did, I'm listening to a casting duo that's doing what, like, the position that I want to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually, I, usually, I still watch it. It didn't. It didn't how much did I watch of TI10? That was COVID times, obviously. So that was a, that was a messy one. I I um was very emotionally spent. I think that it's not mm. super fair to like co-opt some of the team's like tiredness because I wasn't playing the most Dota games any teams ever played at a TI. Yeah. Um but I was on the sidelines for like every game that happened in Singapore <laughs> with, with, with a crowd and with the team for for chunks of it and um the 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 loss of game three right before the finals as we were watching them so when, when you uh when you play in the grand finals they actually like put seating out on the floor of the arena for like uh team mm. members and like friends and family and stuff like that so they could you know kind of watch down there but also like go and you know celebrate and because of the way the TI venue was set up this year, the, the grand finals venue, which was smaller than all the other ones, um, there there wasn't like a good spot for anybody who was, in my 
albeit privileged position to kind of like enjoy the event. There was Mm -hmm. a very limited amount of VIP section, um, which was still like open in the arena. (laughs) It was just like a section of seats um, that, that we only had like one extra ticket to that was our backstage ticket. And then the press area wasn't too stellar either. There was a lot of food and drinks, which thank you very much for providing that. Um, so th- there was just like a lot of free roaming that was going on. Um, and, and we were like looking forward to be like, oh man, those are going to be our seats. Those are going to be our seats down there. We're going to play in the grand finals. And, mm. uh, and you know, my uh, jaded recollection of it is that for... 15 minutes maybe uh game three looked like it was gonna it was going really well and then liquid lost like two or three team fights and then it was definitely over um and there was no like magic to you know come back there were there there was no the the the, those those uh thunder series come you know once in every ten thousand games um yeah so the the anguish of like being there for so many game threes um, just had me pretty spent and I watched the, uh, you know, I, I watched the support support skit. I saw some friends in the arena. I hung out and talked to people through what is probably to no fault of anybody involved, but the absolute worst all-star game or thing that has ever happened oh on broadcast my God. ever. I mean, <laughs> okay, you say no faults. I, I mean, I feel like we kind of knew that was not going to be a good all-star match. I think we even said that leading up into it. I was just like, I don't know. I think it's it's like I I get it, um, but like it it, it was the in for, okay for my money my analysis is this was the worst of both worlds, where you don't have the players on, mm-hmm. but you put talent in. Okay, natural entertainers maybe they can make something good, but you take a group of talent that don't interact with each other and don't even necessarily share the same language, mm-hmm. and you separate all of that so then there's no like you know there's no relationship there to play off of to be entertaining and then on top of that the the communication so what's like going out there is like it's just svg and cinderin that doesn't seem great then they realize they need casters okay so they put slacks and ted on but the match isn't that good also, anybody who was talking about like the them the ability draft, um, like oh these guys don't know ability draft. Well, the intention. If you guys have you guys ever like I feel like anybody who's ever said that hasn't actually played ability draft against like <laughs> people who are really good at ability draft. You know what really great ability draft games? Ninety percent of them turn out into some sort of stomp fest where one guy on one side has some OP build and one guy on the other side has some OP build, and they just smash into each other and usually it's a one-sided stomp uh so yeah they the people on stage were intentionally not trying to be you know the most trying to create the most broken build possible uh they were trying to create a a match that was a little bit more even which turned out it was even uh at least ish and uh drew out for an incredibly long time and that was uh not great but it was yeah, like if you if you don't have players on, then you should have a group of talent that are gonna make a good entertaining product, which I think that's what they did with TI ten. That was okay. The preference is still having players on, of course, but you know, if you feel like you can't get those players for whatever reason or the players aren't gonna, you know, create a good show for you, then like 
get a group of talent that are going to interact with each other well. Um, that was that was kind of like the the worst of both worlds for my money, dude. It was truly, and I, I'm I'm not exaggerating. It was unwatchable in yeah, the it arena. Was really bad. It 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 was, really it, bad. It, it was unwatchable because. You like the, the the audio was mixed weird. You couldn't hear what anybody was saying, but like everybody's mic was kind of open, but it was confusing. But like the screen in the venue was smaller because they made room for all the player cams. So the Dota screen was actually hard to see on top of being hard to hear. And then sometimes Which there was already the uh, segment for player mm-hmm. cams, um, mm-hmm. but they created something to put out on stream that involved the player cams on the sides, but they didn't create a separation between what was mm-hmm. going on on stream and what was going on in the stadium. Correct. So, yeah. So that, that was rough. It, it, it was actually unwatchable. <laughs> I was sitting there, I was charging my phone, talking to some friends and just going, guys, this is really bad. Um, and, and it was a yeah, nice I walked time in halfway through and I was, I had to walk in to go walk to the other side of the, the stadium and just walking and watching at the same time. But I was like, I don't want to watch this. I was already like, oh, this is really awkward. And then we got a new hero announcement and everything was fine. <laughs> and then I left. Oh, yeah. We did have a hero announcement. Muerta. Which I think is a carry. Yeah, that's what everybody thinks. Everybody thinks the next hero is a carry. Please. And it turns out it's not. I mean, surely it's got to be a carry. We've been waiting for one for a like long time. Years. I mean, we I say we as the royal we, Dota community we, but nah, I don't give a shit if it's a carry. I do. I, I do. don't play carries. I Who do. cares? Um, the venue was a lot of fun. I saw a lot more people than I would have expected, honestly, wearing liquid jerseys, which is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. The the, the Matu chants made me a little, uh, little, little teary-eyed, which was fun. Um, yeah, it was because OG wasn't in the the finals, so the yeah. OG fans become liquid fans. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's uh, the the venue was fun. It was interesting to me just how many people did travel internationally for it. Uh, the, the, there was like it's what seemed to be like a pretty diverse crowd of people there, which I wasn't yeah. quite expecting. Um, I didn't realize until we actually got there that we were actually at the smaller venue and not the bigger one at the stadium. Yeah, that venue was not very big. I I will say that. I was a little bit surprised. I thought, like, oh, you're limiting the size, right? Because it's the Key Arena, right? If you think about it, the Key Arena days or Vancouver, um, even the, the, the one in China, it's like the because the old system where we just did monday through sunday monday tuesday wednesday those were pretty slow days and the stadium would would look relatively empty um so i thought just because you're only doing the hype last two days it meant big stadium right that's what i thought it was like oh you're gonna you want only a packed stadium uh like maybe this is actually what they intended as far as i understand i don't think there was ever an intention to like have this break set up this wasn't something they, they set out to do as as I think that's the case. I think this is more of a circumstance of COVID and stuff like that and post COVID stuff. But uh, I, I like, I thought, oh, well, you only have the two days on the big stadium. Oh, that, you know, big, big and packed. That'll be really awesome. Uh, but yeah, the stadium wasn't that big. It was, I think that, and I, I, I'm talking on my ass. Like, I don't know how many tickets they could have sold. I, I suspect they could have like packed a venue five times the size. I think they could have had a real stadium of people who would have traveled. And what we were at was like a small, 
It's probably the smallest venue that isn't been a Royal Hall that that TI Finals is at. Yeah, definitely. Because Key Arena was bigger than that, and I think Vancouver was bigger than that. And then and then the Chinese Stadium was huge. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you know, that that's that that is what it is. I think that it's interesting that the arena like didn't care for tundra that much and i kind of hope that in the future they like these people have like made a name for themselves yeah but like that that felt a little flat not only because like it was a stomp but also because you know basically it was like a trickle down of like there was a bunch of 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 fans uh western european fans or just fans of like big top tier teams Mm-hmm. And most of them probably fans of OG, mm-hmm. and then OG gets knocked out. Oh, now we're fans of Liquid. Liquid gets knocked out. I guess we'll we'll get, guess we'll cheer yeah, for I mean, Secret. Puppy, right? Secret's, like sure. Secret's not winning. I, and then there was just like you know by that time you get down to like the five percent from your original uh five uh, percent of those original OG fans are like yay go Tundra you guys are doing great. Uh, but yeah, it was the audience was. Is not backing them nearly as, as much as obviously if there was one of the, the bigger names in there. Because it was like, I think there were so many people who were like, I guess I'm cheering for Secret now. And then Secret just gets stomped. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was, <clears throat> I had like some kind of sick perverted fun and starting some liquid chants. I really liked the energy in the <laughs> arena when it was like exciting. <laughs> uh-huh. And then after that, oh, buddy. Um, maybe, maybe I'll take some time and watch the finals just cause I'm curious. Um, you know, TI did do something for me that I haven't done in a long time. Yeah. What's that? Um, I've played like 20 games of Dota this last week. Yeah. It seems to happen. A lot of people, I, I have not done that, but it uh, seems like it happens with a lot of people. Every single TI happens. A bunch of people come back and play a bunch of Dota. So particularly i've actually been playing basically all those games are dire tired games um because it feels like i'm still getting a lot of the fun of dota without like that high stakes like actually sitting down and playing a dota game and laning and understanding mm-hmm. you know some meta stuff and fig- remembering that i forgot which jungle camps are where now blah 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 um yeah. so i've actually been quite enjoying dire tide and the second half of the battle pass way more than i anticipated and i think that I would even go as far to say that I think the second half of the battle pass is successful. Even with all the sure. shit that I believe it rightfully got for the first half and its involvement with TI and its lack of stuff and, you know, like it, its lack of innovation. I think that the core thought of, you know, TI is going to end. People are going to want to play Dota. Here's a new game mode. Here's free Arcanas. Here's free Dota Plus. Here's, you know, interesting you know uh you do the free arcanas man that really pulled in people holy like, shit, oh, shit they heard the, the news spread around you're like wait a minute i can go back to dota and get a free arcana holy cow yeah people yeah. just jumped in droves so was, much though that it broke the system for a long time yeah 
Um, I, I think that, that the candy works is, is fun. Like, there's a lot of people, you know, like, posting and getting joy out of, you know, getting free stuff. That was some of the most fun that I had in, like, OG Dota, we're talking, like, 2011, is just, like, you know, getting a drop after a game, being like, ooh, look sure. at this axe mm. item, right? Like, I think that there's some of that whimsy that's almost nostalgic that's built back up. So I've played, I've played a non-zero amount of Dire Tide games, and, um... Yeah, the Dire Tide mode, they did a pretty good job with it. I still, generally speaking, do not like PvP mode. Modes, um mm-hmm. in dota because dota is such a great game that it's like why do i want to play a variation of dota i just want to play regular dota uh but because of the matchmaking system i've been playing less and less dota over the last year and a half so i, I guess i am beginning to understand people who like play turbo mode and stuff because i have been playing uh more dire tide than i expected and part of that is just like ah, i kind of feel like playing dota but i don't necessarily feel like playing matchmaking I get into a party queue we play some sort of dire tide yeah it's uh it's pretty good but i i kept playing it because the mode was better than i expected i think a lot of the adjustments uh, that they did were were very good like having uh having the whole goal instead of bringing candy back to your well having to deliver candy to the enemy well makes much more sense mm-hmm. um there's less abuse when it comes to that sort of thing so and the map's yeah. fun, and it's fun to just feel like overpowered the hero. It's always, you know, especially for someone who will play a support role sometimes, but never get to experience, you know, your your Desolator, Crystal Maiden, Ag Shard build. Like, you can do that, which is just fun, right? So, yeah. I, I think yeah, there's just yeah, room yeah. for whimsy. I played, um, probably the most fun that I had, um, was I played Lone Druid, and, uh, what I would do is I would just say it, sit on the snowball. I would take the snowball mount and then I would just stay on the snowball on my hero and have my bear just attacking people while I'm snowballing on top of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it a pretty fun combo. It's a pretty fun combo. I'd just be rolling around, wee, stunning them over and over again while my bear does all the work. Uh, that was probably the most fun I've had so far. Uh, I've been playing a lot of any, anywhere from Mimi to serious, but I think that I've had the most fun just playing Night Stalker because I enjoy playing Night Stalker. Um, mm. It's not fun in the mode because it's very seldomly nighttime, uh, which yeah, actually okay. makes the hero relatively weak, all things considered. I was curious how that, how that works. When yep. is it nighttime? It's nighttime when Roshan is sleeping and that's it, which is like a very oh. small percentage. <laughs> that's a time. useless time to be strong. Correct. Um, <laughs> but like, I had a lot of fun playing Night Stalker. Been playing a lot of Slardar. I think Gyrocopter is actually pretty, pretty, pretty fun and good too. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't expect that to happen. So you know, I, I cashed in my free Arcanas. Um, I am now, I've gotten a lot more levels than I thought I would my battle pass. And so I have to decide if I'm gonna like you know spend twenty or thirty dollars mm-hmm. and just get the Razor Arcana, which is actually a hero that I play somewhat frequently. Um, so I'm gonna see if I get sucked into that rabbit hole. But yeah, you know, I can definitely TBD. grind up to the Razor Arcana. Uh, like I'm only like ten or fifteen levels away. Uh, but now I'm in striking distance for the Faceless Void one, which I will probably I'm gonna try not to, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try and grind to like the exact level basically. But I haven't been playing as much Dota uh lately because I've been picking up uh I picked up a different game. Uh, but you been playing yeah, Deep Rock been, again? Uh, I played a little bit of Deep Rock because I got um, SVG and I actually got Slacks into it as mm-hmm. well. Um, but then uh, there is a similar, same genre of game. If you guys know what I'm talking about, it's like the Left 4 Dead style four-person team PVE mm-hmm. 
Um, that there is a new game in that regard with a Warhammer 40k. They came out with Dark Tide, so there was Vermintide. Uh, now there's Dark Tide. Um, so it's uh, it's in pre-release uh, beta right now. So it's like if you buy it, you can play it uh, early. So I've been playing that with uh, Slacks played for the first time with us today, but I've been playing it with uh, Ellie and uh, and Avery. So yeah, that's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. Nice break from Dota. I am probably 24 hours out from no lifing it over the long Thanksgiving break and uh, playing. Oh, yeah? You gonna play? And playing we'll play together. God of War. No. All right. Well, I mean that's fair. I've heard very good things about it. I know God of War is a good game. I watched. Uh, so I actually have started watching some streamers play some story games like that. So I watched a little bit of. I watched it. An okay amount of God of War, uh, the last one, and then some of this one, uh, just enough to like pick up some of the story and and things like that. I mean, it, it does look like a great game. I probably will not play it because now I watch somebody else play it. So what's the point? Yeah. But also, aren't those God of? I feel like the God of War games, especially now, the newer generation, I feel like they're more for watching the story and stuff than actual gameplay. Even if the gameplay is good. We'll see. I mean, I, I very much enjoyed 2018, like a lot, a lot, a lot. And I also liked all the other ones. Mm. And it has been one of the hard parts of the whole trip and vacation. Hard part. Jesus. Check my privilege. Uh, was that I was waiting the whole time to be like, oh, man, I got to go home. I got a war. It's out and I can't play it yet. So, like, I, I have a PS5 just to play. Um, so that's that's I'm I might just disappear from the face of the earth for like four days at the end of this week. Uh, family want to do Thanksgiving. No, that's okay. I'm just going to play video games. Um, and then and then I also have to try and play Pokemon Violet, which I am uh, hearing more and more people say yeah, more and more bad things play about. That? <laughs> Sounds like a shit show. I've played every generation of Pokemon games. Oh, that's right. That's right. You've played every generation, so you, and you're a completionist, so you got to play every future generation I'm trying to break myself of that, though. So maybe mm. this is the time where I just go, you know what? I'm not having fun. I'll stop. But we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll update everybody on that later. Um, you know, maybe maybe uh, maybe we can round this out by uh, by talking about a bit of uh, some of what we know for roster news and, and, and teams shaking stuff up. I believe that the cutoff date for new rosters is December 4th which is in two weeks. Mm -hmm. So we're going to begin to very rapidly know who signed to what team and what I think next year is going to start to look like. And right now I think we know more about who's been dropped versus who's been picked up. Uh, the big, yeah. the big story here. Um, and you know, not to, not to make this about myself. Um, but last time we did a podcast, uh, I, 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 I recall giving some advice to, a, a, an org called evil geniuses that they should just shit can their roster and pick up a South American team. <laughs> and I promise, yeah. I promise I did not know that was going to happen when I said that. Um, but I agree with the business decision, assuming they're paying the South American team a lot less money. Um, because I don't know what they're yes. getting paid. Um, yes. What Undoubtedly, I, yes. What I don't agree with, um, and there's there's a lot of reasons about it. I know that they got shit on it. I know that it's like beating a dead horse a little bit. But boy, when you <laughs> when you are like the 
bastion of North American Dota for a decade, and then you just bow out, especially with people on your roster, say, Arteezy, who might still be one of the largest named Dota players ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that you do it with a with a graphic and a short tweet. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think that the organization yeah. really bungled that good buy um and yeah and I, they did uh they did a char- terrible job uh, in okay yeah regard. you can say that uh, they, i i can say less of that <laughs> they realized they did a terrible job and then put out a, a minute and a half video um but like for my money you should have done one for rtz and one for the rest of the the crew and you should have done it uh from the get-go and not response to this stuff uh, but i mean i mean like the as far as I understand, uh, and a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, EG dropped their roster." As far as I understand, that organization was not happy with the team, and the team was not happy with that organization. So uh, I don't know if that fed into it uh, and their 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 poor announcement thing. But even if you like, no matter what your feelings are, like you still should do a good job for your socials because essentially, like. Arteezy is the evil genius's brand and Dota. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I, I'm sorry, but like there really isn't much of a of a brand for EG outside of like Arteezy and Crit at this point in time who have been with EG for so long. And Arteezy was on like the the good old days of EG uh, with that TI4 roster as well. Uh, PBD is so far removed from the scene at this point in time, so it's like okay, the. Arteezy is EG. Do you want to hold those fans or not? If you do, you should probably do a good job of sending them off because uh, especially since you're transferring regions, uh, you you really should. I, honestly, I'm <laughs> the way they did that announcement, I'm just surprised they're still in Dota. <laughs> kind like of, yeah. didn't really give a fuck. That's... And it's kind of unfair, I guess, maybe because they're maybe there was turbulence with the team. Maybe they didn't care. Maybe they're trying to debash from Dota a little bit, but they're still probably spending a non-zero amount of money on a roster that could do pretty well. Like they they still care about Dota, I think. But for yeah. me, it's really uh, well, the they also did a bad job with the sending off their StarCraft roster previously when they dropped StarCraft. So this is this is a thing that they've done. That uh, as far as I understand, they they're, they're uh, also getting it? some Do, shit. They're getting some shit right now for their League of Legends departures too. Um, oh yeah, what's wrong with their League of Legends departure? What would they do? Uh, I think that people are like actually unfairly, and I th- th- this is not me trying to pat myself on my back, um, or my team on their back, but um, I think that they're getting unfairly compared to some of the stuff that we're doing for our departures and saying like, oh wow, you know, Impact and these players went to Worlds with you and you guys are just, you know, like doing a quick little highlight video or a quick little tweet as opposed to like, look what look ah. what did for Bjergsen or look what, you know, T1's doing or look at all these other teams. Like, they're, okay, they're just so like this not is a, a continual a, problem for them. I think because they're not equipped with either, you know, they're not equipped with the resources to probably do it the way that their team wants to do it. I imagine if I talked to the people inside of EG who are doing the content or doing the socials, they would want to do more and are probably like just not given the the resources or the funding for probably business decisions to do it. Right. So it it, it feels more like I just hear bad things about this investment group. I I feel like that's the that's the line that goes around that investment group that came in by EG. They uh, they. It sounds like they 
it's uh, created a culture that that doesn't seem to like really care that much. I, honestly, EG brand as a whole just kind of lacks is lacked personality uh, for a while, which is me. such a bummer. If if you were to ask me like what my two favorite esports brands are, yeah. probably forever. The answers yeah. are Team Liquid and Evil Geniuses. And where yeah. does that come from? That comes from me being a StarCraft 2 fan in 2010 mm-hmm. and yeah. having that be North American StarCraft and then having both of them go into Dota and, you know, EG's Legacy and Counter-Strike and Liquid Evolving. Like, all these things, that rivalry. Someone asked me the other day, like, who who's, like, Team Liquid's rival? And, you know, like, the, the historian in me wants to be like, oh, it's, it's, it's EG, easy. We play in so many of the same games together. But now it's like, well, I don't really know because it feels like EG isn't just EG anymore. And that is yeah. sad as somebody who is, like, a longtime fan. Like, I have EG merch, like, here. Like, it exists. I don't wear it very much because it would be silly. But, like, I, I, I have it. I care about them. I really like what Alex Garfield did. I really like what Alex said on Twitter, breaking some silence that he has to talk about the roster because clearly he was bummed out about the situation. Like, it's, um, I, I desperately want them to be better in a way yeah. that I don't feel for other teams. I don't care if Cloud9 is better. I don't care if 100 Thieves is better, right? But, like, I really want EG to be better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, uh, I feel like I'm similar to you, even if I was never a StarCraft fan, like, uh, being, like, watching early Dota 1, right? And, like, finding, realizing there was competitive Dota, and then, in turn, trying to find, like, who was the best to, like, kind of, like, look what high-tier Dota was at. And then in turn, trying to find a team to support. And of course, I'm looking for an American team. And uh, I don't think EG ever had a Dota 1 roster, but they immediately had a Dota 2 roster as soon mm-hmm. as Dota 2 was announced. And they were at TI um, with with that roster. Um, and those same guys were, um, many of them in the TI 1 Evil Geniuses were also on like the light usa or ben's fuckboys uh like fear was at least one of them that was like on uh those rosters so like you know that that was like immediately that was the first i looked for any american team there was only really one and you know i gravitated towards them and then they get picked up by the evil geniuses so yeah like eg was a brand that uh mm-hmm. always meant like very very big things uh for me and yeah they just kind of like they they've been I feel like they've been coasting off of this NA roster basically in terms of like not even I don't want to say personality because to be honest it's not like that team has a ton of personality. Not uh, really. There's like the Artesi, cult of Arteezy, right? but even that. You yeah. Know. And you, it's not like you really get much exposure to him because most of the time he's not doing interviews. He only streams a bit uh, post TI. So yeah, it's uh that so yeah, they, I feel like they've been kind of coasting uh, personality or at least some identity wise for a while off of their former success in this this roster. Now that they don't have this roster, it's like, all right, like I'm I you know I'm happy for the the Thunder Predator guys and I'm happy that the South American teams are are gonna get supported, but for for the brand, it's just like I I don't identify at all with them anymore. They don't really have a personality to me at all. So I just don't really care about them. But as far as the EG team, it sounds like that team is going to be sticking together and sticking in NA uh, to some degree. Obviously, there's probably going to be some changes, but it seems like from the things that are talking about, they're going to stay in NA, which uh, means that they'll still be kind of the the top dog, presumably, 
of North America. Um, because if they left, then NA's looking real doom and gloom, especially from everything that I've heard about uh, players trying to play in uh, in Europe. There are, I think, a number of players who have tried to play for European teams. We'll see whether or not they actually get on European teams, right? Because it's a weird expectation versus like you want to if you're going to go to Europe, you want to be on a top European team or at least something competitive. It's not like these guys are just going to go and abandon being Div 1 going to major NA team to going to a mm -hmm. Div 2 European team, you know. So there's this there is this uh mixed of like I want to go to Europe but at the same time like how far down the list am I willing to go? Um so which and if the region stays as strong as it was a month ago, it's crazy to think about that to be, you know, what to go to a major from Western Europe, you have to beat like a top fucking four team in the yeah, region. The three at slug, TI. Yeah, like the, the, the top three moly. teams at TI, or if you just automatically have them taking the top three spots for the DPC, that leaves you one spot. To go to uh, as the uh, yeah like a wild card for a major or wild something. card yeah. yeah exactly crazy um, I'm reluctantly excited to see if increased investment in some of this old Thunder Predator hybrid roster in South America though that EG winds up with uh, if that'll see continued success and if they'll build off of their successful year. I think, I think the one silver lining here, even with all the, the, the shit that I'm just talking about, EG, is that they could give capital to a region that traditionally hasn't had a lot, and we can maybe see a team with even more resources perform even better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wonder, uh wonder what their obligations are, are going to be as well, because EG is still like a relatively big brand, so I don't know what tournaments uh, tournament organizers have. Like, uh, I don't think there's any like okay. I do that. That's actually a lie. I do know there are some straight up like partnerships mm -hmm. um, that like CS:GO. You know, I like CS:GO. ESL has like the pro league, and they have partner par teams. partnership yeah. teams and stuff like that. So I do know that was a thing um, for for last year. You guys could probably name an organization that is like wait how did they get into it oh well that would be why right um so i don't know if eg is like if they're gonna continue to be in that like sort of partnership if there's like tournament organizers that are going to just automatically invite eg uh, but if so it means that like a sa team is uh, an sa team that isn't just being invited just to represent the region but it, like there may be actually like two sa teams perhaps just being invited to mm -hmm. some tournaments and then also a qualifier SA team or something like that. So that's a that's a possibility. I mean, SA has like always been neglected when it comes to invites, right? And they've always been a qualifying region only for so many third party events. And it does sound like we are gonna be getting some third party events. I don't know how many, but it sounds like we're gonna be getting some with this new DPC system set up. So uh hopefully BTS as uh one big name. Uh mm -hmm. Yeah, I won't talk too much more about that. But we know BTS isn't getting any DPC because they they said it themselves. So uh, anybody who doesn't get a DPC, hopefully they're that, that incentivizes them uh, to do third parties. That's the, I that's truly the thing, right? don't even know what's been announced, and my knowledge of what I do, like I, I feels like a landmine to talk about it right now. 
I, I, I don't know what's public. I don't know what I'm supposed to know and not supposed to know, but it's going to be very interesting to see what the season shakes up to be. And hopefully we can talk more about it soon when people make like press releases and stuff. But, um, you know, con- congrats to, to Picaz and Matthew for getting the bag. Yeah. Congrats to to Tundra. I mean, it's it's always cool. Like the cool thing about Tundra is that all new TI winners, right? We went so long without having a repeat TI winner. Then OG does it, uh, right? I think it would have been cool. It would have been a great story. Uh, and I'm still curious what Puppy has planned for the rest of his future. But uh, you know, uh, in my head, entirely in my head, I don't. I'm not really like friends with Puppy or anything. But entirely in my head, I feel like that TI getting the W would be a great send off for a retirement. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I imagine because he didn't get it, I don't think he's going to be retiring until he, he does or uh, <laughs> or he literally just gets too old to be playing anymore. But uh, that that was my the ideal story for that T.I., I think. Um, but instead, Tundra won, which is cool because now we're back to like all new T.I. winners. Right. OG had it. Boom, boom. And now we've got OK, Spirit did it. Now we've got Tundra doing it. like we just get, keep getting new T.I. winners. And I don't count AUI because I don't really count coaches. This was actually a conversation that pre-TI that Shiva and I had, whether or not the uh, Royal Rotors, uh, you know, like first time TI show up, become a champion, uh, like Thompson did it. Like, does who counts in that that list? And for my money, mm. if, if uh, coaches do not count in that regard, because I think it's an entirely different game and pressure that you're dealing with. For me, the story of being a Royal Rotor is like showing up to your first tournament or your first TI and being able to handle the pressure and not even just handle it, but flourish under it um, on your first try. And for me, coaching doesn't really count. So while I do hold a lot of success for the Tundra roster, I'm sure AUI is a massive factor. Like the, for my money, the Tundra, like it's all still new, all new TI winners. I don't really necessarily count him as the back, like a two time TI winner. Even though he is, it's like, I'm just saying for the storyline of like new TI winner sort of deal. Isn't the snaking story just like so potentially inspiring to a bunch of people who are like, you know, maybe I can win a TI. Yeah, that guy has been grinding it out for a super long time. I heard that, uh, like, He's pretty humble about it. Apparently, he said that he just got he got lucky. You know, he he ended up on a European team, and they just kind of like it worked. It didn't necessarily feel like. Uh, actually, I would I would love to know uh, if he actually feels like this lineup was that much better than any other lineup he's been on. Because I've heard a lot of players like when they talk about their teams, like sometimes when they find success and find don't, they don't necessarily feel like it's that different. Like, uh, and, and I think that does make sense because from a outsider perspective, it does look like all of these teams are, are very close, evenly matched, um, year to year, right? It just feels like they get closer and closer and there's no longer this obvious, like bottom eight, top eight sort of deal. There's no longer this obvious, like, oh, these three team, three teams are going to be in the, Mm -hmm. you know, two of them are going to be in the grand finals. You just know it. Um, it doesn't really feel that way. Um, so I. I wonder from the player perspective if it's very similar. When you feel like your team is good, you don't have those same kind of results, and then a different roster, you feel like you're good, and then you just win TI. You know, I'd be I'd be curious to know what that uh, what that feels like difference wise for them. I want to know 
when we're gonna see another Chinese Tim Wintiai now because that that feels like the story that's coming back for me and it yeah. might be getting harder and harder now that we seeing we're seeing people retire we don't really necessarily know what the next generation of of China looks like um, and it feels like a continued downward trajectory like i like i i don't know what the what the hope to grasp onto is after this ti from from the region you know what it is maybe it'll uh maybe like as dota like the the esports scene like as it declines maybe it'll just loop back to china you know it started starts off with chinese dominance and then it becomes internationally more even Right. You have an American team that wins. You have C teams that are like placing, you know, top six, top three. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it becomes Western European dominated. And maybe it'll start looping back at some point in time where it'll become more internationally even. And then eventually it'll go back to Chinese dominance. I'll take that. I'll take that arc. Uh, you yeah, know what? Actually, like I'm, I'm going to reject it. I hope that it happens before then. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that it happens a wee bit before then. Um, yeah. Anything well, else you want to? Anything else you want to hit mm -hmm. on from from Ti, buddy? Or are, uh, are we going to call this one a call this one a show? Not really. Um, is there anything really I wanted to talk about? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I just think it's funny for whatever reason. Uh, so I did the late game show mm -hmm. for uh, the final day of Ti. Uh, me and all the the casters. They just apparently they sent a message to me and Suns fan like, hey, can you come on and do the. The, the late game show your filler until the 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 actual ti winners show up and uh so that was actually the only reason i went to the stadium i don't think i would have gone to the stadium otherwise but i don't know what it is i always end up working the final day but never as a caster <laughs> I, I like <laughs> always I had the bridesmaid halfway through the podcast i was like wait a minute like ti10 obviously i wasn't there but like ti9 ti8 ti7 i didn't work main event but like ti6 ti5 that one i did not do but i think every other year like i work the final day but never as a caster it's usually on panel or ti10 or ti9 was draft panel i think i was the host for the draft panel and then this ti was <laughs> late game show so i still had to show up i still have to show up and go and then i just have to watch other casters cast the final day what's with that Next year's if you're year. not gonna hire me, if you're not gonna have me cast the final day, just let me be. <laughs> just let me not be in the stadium. <laughs> just let me wallow. Yeah. Next year's your year. Next year's uh, your year. No, I don't. I don't think so. I've given up all hope on casting final day of Ti. Next year's this, your year. This point, this this Ti, I actually got the hope back. That was uh, that was a bit unfortunate because you were getting a lot of like mid event because of Liquid Thunder Predator and Avery mm. also talked me into it because he's a competitive person. He thought you know we were doing pretty well. He talked me into it, and I was just like, you know what? Maybe he's right. You know what? This could this could be the year. This could be the year. What could would be final day of Ti? First time I've ever never done it. And then then uh, yeah, <laughs> and I was just like I was like oh uh, yeah. So at this point in time, I'm. I have given up all hope on that, which is fine. It doesn't really matter that much. It's literally just an ego stroke, but yeah. Had that thought. What else did I think? There was like, uh, oh yeah, we didn't really talk about what you did on the break days for uh, the Singapore break days. I don't know if you care about that, though. More work. I didn't do anything. You didn't do anything? I'm kind of jealous. I, 
I got to explore Singapore a little bit. Like we had four days and I would say one of them we did a show recorded with Arteezy. The other day we were preparing for the show again. So like two of the days were just like full work days for me basically. And mm-hmm. the other two days we got to explore a little bit. I got to like, you know, go see a lot of Singapore stuff. We, uh, we went to the top of the Marina Bay Sands, which was cool and scary. I have a weird thing with heights where like, I'm both scared by it, but not scared by it. It's really hard for me to figure out when it doesn't doesn't bother me. Um, yeah, what what do they call the the uh, the the pools that have the glass into? What, like the what do they call pool? that? Yeah, infinity the infinity pools are they kind of freak me out, man. That that, <laughs> that is the closest to like be you know that's the glass mm-hmm. breaks. You won't have any control. Your water's just going to sweep you out. You could see your fate. You've already, you've been looking at this beautiful view. <laughs> yeah, like infinity pools are. That's not for me. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll do it because you know, like I don't want to be constrained. But yeah, yeah, I'm not I gonna think, have a good time doing it. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't really figure out. Like I, in New Zealand, did some crazy zip lining and like free rope bridges and like stuff doesn't bother me at all for the heights but then as soon as i'm like on top of a tall building looking down i'm going hmm boy oh man something visceral in my body does Is not like ziplining you're locked in you like the harness is part of ziplining like the fact that you can't control like you can't just like jump off you know like the zipline you're kind of like locked in sort of deal i mean if i wanted to i could unhook myself yeah, but it's not it's not the same as like standing on the edge of a tall building sort of deal, you know? Yeah, it's it's true. Um what what else did I do? Also, the only thing I'm interested about in New Zealand is the bouncy you did the ball thing, right? What did they call that? I Zorbing? No, there was a name for it. When you get it a giant Zorbing. How is Zorbing? Dude, Zorbing's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um so if you guys you just google it you don't know what we're talking about z-o-r-b uh absorbing uh it's it's when you get into this giant plastic ball like you're a hamster and you roll around on this giant course what is that you, like you go downhill so basically you you get put inside of a ball the ball's probably about eight feet in eight eight feet in diameter if i had to guess um and then the inside portion is probably about four to five feet so you can stand up there like you are in like like a hamster ball and you're rolling downhill through different tracks and you can imagine putting yourself inside of a hamster ball means that like you kind of have control but you also kind of don't so for me mm-hmm. part of the challenge that was fun and there's also water in the ball because it's all plastic to like keep you from getting like burned or anything like that it, it lubricates mm. it uh, a lot of the challenge for me i should send you some videos it's like trying to stand upright and like roll myself in the ball because <laughs> i i find that i have a lot of fun with like physically challenging activities uh, something that I can mm-hmm. kind of like test myself, right? Which is why I like I like the water rafting because I I can fucking paddle and I can you know do shit and it's like you know activating my body. Zorbing really similar. It's like it's like a challenge. So you're mm. going down there pretty quickly and you could lose control pretty quickly too. Um, there was one. So the first time I was doing it, I just started doing front flips because I was going so fast that I was just going. Head over, heels over head, head over heels, <laughs> doing a flip, trying doing a flip, doing a flip down like this big this big hill, and I got out of there, and I was like, 
I don't feel so well. <laughs> so I took a break and then I went a little less hard. Uh, and I would recommend Zorbing uh, to anybody who finds himself in the middle of New Zealand. <laughs> um, so it's just like a downhill course. You just kind of yeah. like. It, it, it's relatively short. It's it's um there there's different courses that you can do and uh, like one of the courses had like a big drop where like you just kind of like the ground falls out from underneath you like a jump and it's like oh, oh no this feels weird some of the courses are like straightaway races some of them are like you know really really windy so you're trying to like run back and forth and you're getting like bounced around um there's a fourth one that we didn't do which was just like really steep really really steep and I'm like I'm good um. <laughs> But so uh, you didn't do it. There was no other kind of you didn't do like any uh, like I see that you could do the same thing on water, which doesn't really seem that fun to me. You didn't do that I, or you didn't do the, the the smaller ball where you can you have your legs sticking out and you can run around. You just run into people. No, no, no. I was okay. fully encapsulated. I, I was double sealed two different zippers into the Zorb. Like mm. I could not get out without help. My nightmare would have been <laughs> everybody disappearing and me just being stuck in the ball. Like there was some kind of <laughs> catastrophic event. Um, You'd have to roll yourself to try and find some sort of like sharp utensil to like ram yourself into to try and get. It would have been miserable. I would love. I want to see. I want to see that. I want to see one of those post-apocalyptic world scenarios. But a guy stuck in a zorbing ball and has to find his way out. God, that sounds like a really good bit. <laughs> that sounds like a really good bit. I'm gonna. I'm gonna remember that. Um, okay. Everybody needs to go to New Zealand. You 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 can zorb. There's 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 mud baths. It's beautiful. You can zip line. Just so much stuff. So much stuff to do in New Zealand. Uh, more stuff. Cool. More something to do in Singapore. But Singapore. Um, I'm just happy that I got to eat all the food. A lot of, lot of good cheap food. A lot of good cheap food. Yes. Very cheap. Very good. I know some fans in Indonesia, they're, they're like waiting. They're like, but oh, what about the food? It was good. You guys do good, good food. Good guys, cuisine. Well done. Did, 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 <laughs> well, Joey forgot how to top, so I guess we're gonna have to close out the podcast. And it looks like that refractory period is sneaking up on us. It really is, everybody. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for the break. Hope you enjoyed Ti. Thank you again for watching the morning show. Thank you for listening to us talk about vacations. Uh, the doe season's gonna be spinning back up soon. I have to go make a roster announcement video because I don't know if you're aware, but there's a player who retired, and now we have to replace Ooh. him. And I know who it is, and so do you. But we can't tell people about it yet. But I gotta go work on it. Uh huh. We know things that you don't. Yeah, boy, do they want to know? Anywho, uh, thanks everybody. We'll see you on the next one. I'm trying out. I'm trying out the thing where I do like a real hard stop. Okay, I know people like that. <laughs>